If you're new to wine, facing down those floor-to-ceiling shelves at your local bottle shop or wine merchant can be enough to make you break into a fierce sweat. With so many great varietals, styles, producers, prices, and countries to choose from, where do you even start? The answer to that question is right here. I'm Thea Beckman, Brainscape's wine writer, and today I'm talking to Kyle Billings, the CEO and co-founder of True Wine, a one-stop app for wine enthusiasts who want to learn more about the tipple they so enjoy. And the question we're going to be answering today is, how do I buy wine in the store when I know next to nothing? Let's go. Okay, Kyle. So I've laid out the scenario for viewers. It can be enormously overwhelming standing in a bottle store and being faced with so many options. So let's start with a question anyone new to wine will likely ask. How do I find a wine I'm going to like? Well, first of all, I've been there. Um, in fact, I still find myself just staring at the shelf sometimes. So the, the very first tip is just to not worry about what you don't know about wine, but instead to focus on what you do know, because you know every little bit of wine knowledge that you have can, can really pay back and can really pay off. Um, but we'll start with the fact that all wines can really be broken down into what we call structure. And wine structure is made up of its acidity, its sweetness, its alcohol, and its tannins. And when we like a wine, it's usually because we like its structure. So to find more wines that you like, start trying to think about wines in terms of their structure. So for example, if you like Granny Smith apples, you might like a wine with higher acidity. And if you like Fuji apples, you might like a wine with higher sweetness. And if you like black coffee, you might like a wine with more tannins. So next time you're at the wine shop, feel free to say that you're looking for a wine with good acidity or a wine with more tannins. They'll know what you're talking about and they'll be able to help you out. And over time, you'll start to learn about the, the different grape varieties and winemaking styles that create the structures that you like, and you'll be able to navigate the shelves from there. Uh, and finally, don't worry about finding a new favorite wine every time. Uh, part of the fun is exploring. That's awesome. Great. So on the subject of trying new things, the wine labels are there to inform the buyer, but without understanding the terminology they use, they may as well be written in Greek, unless you're Greek, in which case, you know, you don't have a problem. But how do you beginners decipher wine labels, which is supposed to tell them what to expect, but, you know, they don't understand them? That's one of the places to start is, is trying to learn about what wine labels are legally required to include, what all of them will include. Um, so a few examples of those are where the grapes for the wine came from, when the grapes were harvested, and the ABV of the vine, or sorry, of the wine. Um, so if a wine label says Napa Valley, that means that most of the grapes came from Napa Valley. And I say most of the grapes because in countries like the United States and Australia, only 85% of the grapes have to come from the region that's on the label. And the same is true for grape varieties. So if a wine says Pinot Noir, only 85% of the wine has to be Pinot Noir. So it's a bit confusing, but it's something to keep in mind because a wine label might talk about breezy coastal vineyards, but if it says California on the label, then the grapes for that wine can actually come from anywhere in the state. Now in Europe, wine labels are more tightly regulated uh, by the European Union. So a wine label on a bottle of French wine or a German wine, uh, they come as sort of a guarantee that the wine was made um, in a certain way with grapes from a certain place. So they can be a bit more helpful, even if they're a bit more intimidating. Right. Yeah. 
So I guess that's where your knowledge comes in when you learn about, for example, what a wine from Beaujolais, France tastes like. When you see Beaujolais written on the label, it's pretty standard. You could sort of know what to expect from that wine. Okay, so even the greenest of wine lovers knows something about older vintages being better. But is this always the case? In other words, when I'm looking to buy wine in the store, is it better to choose older wine as opposed to more recent vintages? So age can change a wine. Um, and some of the most coveted wines in the world are famous because of how well they change over time. But that change isn't always ideal. Um, in fact, that four out of five wines are best to drink within a couple of years of, of their vintage date, which is to say the, the date when the grapes were harvested. Um, and in general, if a wine is on the shelf at the store, it's ready to drink. So there's no need to age it, no need to worry about aging. Uh, but if you do see something like a 2006 Riesling on the shelf of the wine store, Definitely give it a shot because you'll start to experience some of what that uh, what that age can do to a wine. And I think it's also important to keep price points in mind because at my local bottle store, there is a 2010 Tempranillo. And I was like, Wah! I thought it was a great deal for under $15, bought it, and it was like battery acid. It had no roots. It was absolutely abhorrent. And so if you come across a wine that looks like a fantastic deal and it's really old, there might be a chance that, you know, don't have high expectations if you're paying very little for it. So, yeah. Okay, so let's talk dollar bills. Kyle, is expensive wine always better? The the, the very shortest answer is, is no. Um, there's a lot that goes into the price of every bottle of wine. You have the cost of the land, you have the winemaking equipment, the bottles, the employees, and all of that finds its way into the price of a wine. So in places like Napa or Burgundy, the land itself is, is incredibly expensive. So you may be paying a premium for the prestige of the brand rather than for the wine itself. Now, of course, there is a reason that that land is expensive and, and some of those expensive wines can really be spectacular. Mm -hmm. um, but the other side of this is what makes a wine better. And there's a time and place to sit down and really savor a bottle that is special. But in other cases, the situation calls for something more cheap and cheerful, uh, you know, in a plastic bottle that you could, uh, that you wouldn't mind spilling or talking over with friends at a picnic. So, you know, sometimes the wine can be expensive and that's worthwhile, but other times it's important to make that call to say, like, this is just something to enjoy. Yeah. And, you know, even the most respected of sommeliers or, or wine experts, they drink mediocre wine 99% of the time. And the other 1% of the time, they're drinking really expensive, ancient vintages. Mm -hmm. Don't have those massive expectations of yourself if you're just starting out. Um, okay, so from one wine lover to another, what should I look for the next time I shop for wine? I would say um, for beginners and for experts alike, look for the small sections in the shop. Um, I think there's, you know, there's always plenty of French or Italian wine to choose from, but I personally always find uh, some really great gems in like the tiny Croatia or, or Georgia section. Um, yeah, finding things that are that you don't recognize, things that are off the beaten path. I think, you know, there are always fun, serendipitous results that, that come from that. Yeah. As far as some of my favorite wines lately, uh, I've really liked uh, you know, the Listan Negro from the Canary Islands and uh, a wine by uh, the name of Frappato from Sicily. So those are two uh, specific ones to seek out. Oh, wow. It's stunning. Um, great, thank you. And then finally, 
Please take a moment to tell the audience about your app, True Wine, which is touted as the Duolingo for wine. Absolutely. Um, well, True Wine is an iOS app uh, that helps you learn more about wine. And simply, it's designed to be fun and informative for beginners and experts alike. Uh, it's got everything from you know, the basics of wine structure, as we talked about before, uh, to breakdowns of the 51 Grand Cruz of Alsace. Um, so yeah, if you're looking to learn more about wine, check it out on the App Store. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. This has been great. And I definitely feel we've given our viewers some great questions to ask their wine merchants next time they head down to the bottle store and won't feel quite so intimidated as before. So yeah, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Great. There you have it. The best advice on how to choose wine in a bottle store or wine merchant straight from the expert's mouth, Kyle Billings. To learn more about his app, True Wine, go to www.truewine.io, get the app, and get cracking on your wine journey. I also really encourage you to check out Brainscape's Wine Academy, where you'll discover a library of super helpful wine guides for people of all experience levels. And if you're interested in taking your knowledge to professional heights with a WSET or CMS qualification, get the Brainscape web and mobile app to help you learn about wine really efficiently. Alternatively, you can just use Brainscape to keep track of your wine adventures by making your own flashcards. Finally, don't forget to watch and like the other videos we have on the Brainscape Wine channel and subscribe to get notified when a new video drops. And that's it. Between the Brainscape app, our Wine Academy, and the thousands of other subjects you can study efficiently on our platform, you've got the learning tools you need to rise to any challenge. Oh, oh, oh.